was because of his importunity. Oh, his shameless persistence. Wouldn't take no for an answer. Wouldn't lose heart. Had his heart in what he was doing, praying earnestly, meant business as he knocked on that door. Man, asked me a question a while back. We were just talking about this subject and he said to me, Brother Hurt, just what is earnest praying? That's a good question. Not such an elementary, basic question when you think about it. I was preaching in a service and a man said to me, Brother Hurt, if earnest praying is an element and a quality for answered prayer, he said, I I don't know that I qualify. And I asked the man, I said, "Why, why would you say that to me? The poor man could hardly be understood. He's had throat surgery. Speaks with what trek here and you've got to just listen and he's just... Oh, uh, just a few words. And he said to me, the reason he couldn't pray earnestly, he said, I can't speak loudly. I don't have any volume. I can only whisper. And I said to him, did did I come across to you? Did you hear me saying tonight in my sermon that earnest praying is loud praying? Did I come across in a way to indicate to pray earnestly? You've got to have a lot of volume and you've got to be shouting and lifting your voice? He said, oh no, you didn't say that. But someone else had told him to pray earnestly means you have to pray loudly. And now he can only whisper. And I said, oh, now don't miss what I'm saying. I've been misunderstood here. You may pray loudly. And you may have a lot of volume when you pray. And you may be earnest in your praying. Just because someone has volume and they pray loudly, that's not necessarily earnest praying. See, a person could, could lift their voice and pray with a lot of volume and, and still not be praying with this quality that I find so essential in the Scripture. I can take you to someone in the Bible. What a prayer person, prayer warrior she was. Her lips was moving, but she wasn't making an audible sound. And the priest appears to be carnal at that time. He didn't understand what was going on. He thought she was intoxicated. He said, you're a drunken woman. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, Samuel's mother. She prayed old Samuel on the scene. They tagged him, answered prayer, amen, <laughs> ask of God. And her lips was moving, but there wasn't any audible, loud shouting. That's not necessarily wrong, but it's not necessary to pray earnestly. I prayed with a man. He's with the Lord now. What a, what a man of prayer. I, I shared my feeble ministry with he and his dear people. He pastored the same church over 40 years. I was there a number of years. I prayed with him. Oh, did heaven come in that room and, I said, Doctor, you, you, you pray and then you, you lead us in this prayer and I'll pray. And I thought maybe he's waiting on me to pray. You know, it seemed like his minutes, though it was just momentary. And, and I glanced at him. He turned his face toward heaven. <laughs> and under God, it looked like a glow on him. And when he said, Father, <laughs> oh, I couldn't tell you how God came in that room. And it was just a whisper. No shouting, no screaming. That wasn't necessary. He wasn't praying at God somewhere. He's speaking to him. That one who makes prayer real was filling him. We know not how to pray as we ought. He intercedes. And oh, I tell you, heaven came in that room. 
I had a special request that as he finished his prayer, I said, would you, would you talk to the Father about this? I don't miss what I'm saying. I had a man get upset with me in a service some time ago, and one of the men the next night, and wanted me to pray for one of the deacons, and he said, he's really struggling. I said, really? And I, I said, well, he was here last night, and he said, oh, he's got a terrible problem. And he said, he's got a terrible, you know, having a terrible struggle. And I said, really? I'll join him. What in the world the problem? And he said, Brother Hurd, he's having a struggle with you, pointing at me. <laughs> And I said, me? Great day. What did I do to him? <laughs> he said he, he thought you criticized his prayer last night. Oh, I said, I'm not. Who am I to criticize somebody's prayer? And I said, what's his phone number? We need to, a brother, be offended. I'm responsible. You've hurt somebody. You're responsible to meet it. Don't let that devil keep on tearing them up. Try to be reconciled. And I, I said, he said, oh, he'll be embarrassed. By to, I said, I can't help it. We need to get in touch with him. And you see, he'd prayed earlier in the service, and I was preaching along this line. Evidently, he had a lot of volume in his prayer. To be honest, I don't mean to be unkind, but I'm, I'm concentrating on and talking to the Lord myself. I, I didn't notice he'd prayed loudly, but that's the kind of voice he's got. And he thought I got up there and criticized his loud praying. I said to him, oh, my brother, I wouldn't do that. But what I want to say to us tonight is earnest praying is not necessarily loud praying. Could be. And it could be just a whisper. It's not necessarily long praying. You necessarily have to pray all night long to, uh, to pray earnestly. Somebody asked that great evangelist D.L. Moody if he ever prayed all night. He said, I stayed on my knees once all night. He said, the next morning when I, when I woke up, I was so stiff I couldn't hardly walk. <laughs> well, I'm not against praying all, but I'm not talking about it that long extended praying. I can show you somebody in the Bible who prayed earnestly and it wasn't a long prayer. You didn't have time to pray a long prayer. In some of our prayers, he'd have been to the bottom of the lake, drowned before he said amen. <laughs> Just the two words. He said, save me. <laughs> it works, amen. It's not necessarily the, the length of your prayer. It's not necessarily that you pray the loudness of your praying, or it's not necessarily the language you're using. You may be gifted, but prayer's not making a speech. Oratory. Prayers just like a child coming to the Father and speaking the heart to the Father. Earnest praying. You say if it's not loud and it's not long and it's not the language, what is loud? Earnest praying. It's heart. It's you putting your heart in it. It's passion. It's the opposite of a Pharisee who was saying words. And Jesus said, he tries to draw nigh me with his lips and honor me with his words, his mouth. But his heart's far from me. No heart in his praying. It's just rigmarole. Just learn how to say a prayer, if you please. But he wasn't praying. Prayer's more than words. I can learn how to say words and it still not be prayer. Go through some little routine. Just something I memorize and call it a prayer. If what I'm saying with my lips does not reflect what I feel and, and, and what I'm expressing in my heart, it is not prayer. It's lip service. Prayer's heart coming to God. Prayer's heart pouring your heart out. When that woman back there, Hannah, when the, the, the priest thought she was drunken, she said, I'm not drunken. I've poured my soul out to God. But she didn't say a word, didn't make an audible sound, but she still poured her heart out. She said, I poured my soul out to God. And God heard that. 
And sometime later, she went up there and told the priest, said, here's the answer to that prayer when you thought I was drunk and I've given him to God. What a man of prayer he was. What kind of approach is it to our Lord that makes a difference? It's coming and it's approaching him. It's seeking him earnestly. But not only did she seek him earnestly, she sought him persistently. She wouldn't let his silence stop her. He didn't say a word to her at first. A lot of us quit praying because the answer didn't come when we thought it ought to come. A lot of us, we got stirred up about praying about something, but it didn't happen on our time schedule and somehow we've lost a burden. We've quit praying. Here's a woman, the silence of our Lord did not stop her. And even when the disciples seemed to be insensitive, they said, get rid of her. Send her away. Oh, that didn't stop most of us. I mean, here's a group of his disciples, seemingly with no, no compassion. They're insensitive to this dear woman's need. I mean, they're being embarrassed. She's a pagan. And she's crying after us publicly. Get rid of her. That didn't stop her. And it even appears when our Lord apparently put her down. When he did respond, he the idea of calling her a dog. He said, it's not meat. That is, it's not proper. It's not fitting. It's not right. It's not the thing you do to take children's bread, hold some bread from the table and give it to dogs. And, and that doesn't, she's not been out of shape. She doesn't pack up and leave. She agrees with him. She says, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. See, it would appear at first our Lord was being rather harsh, but he's really treating her with tenderness. As you students know this, there was a word used for that scavenger, that dirty, that animal that was dirty to the Jewish people, that alley dog. He didn't use that. He used the term, and we don't see it here, but you can check me out on it. He used the term that described a little puppy that you'd even find in Jewish homes on the table. And he said, it's not proper to take children's bread. And she's a very perceptive woman, and she picks up on that. She said, I'll agree with you, but I've noticed somebody gives them little pups a crumb. <laughs> not asking for your children's bread. Could you spare me a crumb? My little daughter's in trouble. My little girl needs some help. She sought him earnestly. She sought him persistently. She wouldn't be discouraged. She wouldn't be denied. She wouldn't take no for an answer. She wouldn't let his silence. She wouldn't let their insensitivity. She wouldn't let the put down. Nothing stopped her. And there she is, persistent. Down in verse 25, you students aware of this, when she came saying the tense of the verb, you can check me on that also. Literally, you know what it says? She kept saying it. It's not just once, it's here. She didn't just say, Lord, help me. She kept on saying, Lord, help me. Oh, I can't be denied. Help me. How persistent. And what I mean by persistent prayer, I'm not talking about how long. I don't think one person can tell another how long to pray. That's not the, that's extended times of prayer, but that's not what I'm talking about. Persistent praying is that you prayed yesterday, and if the answer hasn't come, you're praying again today. And if it doesn't come today, you'll pray tomorrow. You won't lose heart till the answer comes. And Jesus said, men ought always to pray and not to faint, not to lose heart. I mean, don't give up till the answer comes. I remember going here in the late Dr. John R. Rice some 30 years ago. 
And there was a group of us young preachers, and we went to the Dr. Dr. Ford Porter's church in Indianapolis there. And Dr. Rice was there, and Dr. Bob Jones Sr., and some other men of God was there in that meeting. And I say, as I think about it now, it was probably 32, 33 years ago. And Dr. Rice, by the time I ever heard him preach, he preached on prayer. And he talked on prayer that morning, and there was two or three of us young preachers there. And uh, they want me to be the spokesman, so we had some questions. Dr. Rice is talking about, he, he called his sermon, he didn't call it persistent praying, he called it praying through. <laughs> praying till you get through. Praying till the answer comes. I recall he said in that sermon, if you've got a right to ask God one time for something, you've got a right to keep on asking till the answer comes. Don't you lose heart. Just keep on knocking on that door. Oh, my heart burned as I listened to that. And then he was talking about, he didn't use the term specific praying. He used the term particular praying. <laughs> Zero in, he'd say. Be particular. Don't pray around the world. Don't be like a Pharisee, he said, with a rigmarole. And, and, and said, just zero in and, and tell God what you want. And the question one of them wanted me to ask him, what's wrong when we, we, can't, pray pers- uh, when we can't pray specifically, particulars, he said. And if you knew Dr. Rice or heard him preach Dr. Rice sometime, he'd preach and he'd wear his glasses down like this. He'd be looking at me when I asked him that question. He said, young man, I like that young man business now, but I don't think I appreciated it 33 years ago. He said, young man, I'll tell you what's wrong with your prayer. I felt like saying, I'm asking for him. Amen. <laughs> But he, he said some things I never forgot. He said, if you can't pray specifically, it's probably one or two, if not both things wrong. You don't have any faith in what you're talking about to God or you don't have a burden about it. And said, if you don't really have a burden, it's hard to be, be particular, specific if you don't have a burden. Here's a woman not having a bit of trouble of being specific. She's not praying around the world. She's got someone on her heart. She's bringing that someone to him. And she's not going to be denied. She prays earnestly. She prays persistently. And then the one quality in her life the Lord calls attention to was her faith. He honored her by saying that. He could have talked about a lot of qualities in this dear woman's life, but... He singles out that one quality. And of course, I'm going to need to talk about that. He, he's really saying, this is, this is why I'm responding to you. He said, great is thy faith. So from a little outline tonight, I've indicated she prayed earnestly. She prayed persistently. But now she's, she's seeking him expectantly. Oh, she believes it'll happen. She's expecting something. She's got confidence in the Lord being able and not only being able, but being, he, he's willing. And I don't know all that she's heard about him, but I think it's Mark indicates she'd heard about him. And so she'd had to have heard faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And yet I'm sure her knowledge of him was limited compared to what we know. But she stands on the pages of the scripture as one that would put us to shame coming and seeking him as she sought earnestly, persistently, and expectantly. Do you believe God is able to answer your prayer? Do you believe he's willing to do it? See him being God, that, oh, as you think about it, that brings into focus his ability. 
But him being our father brings into focus his willingness. See, not just God we're approaching. We're approaching him as our father. Jesus told us to pray our father. And being who he is in that sense, he's inclined to help us. He's bent toward happiness. He has a, a, a desire to help us. He's our father. I was preaching one Sunday night at where I was privileged to pastor in Indianapolis. I was thinking about this day and those were some good days. Some of the best days that God ever let this preacher know was in those days in the middle 70s on up I left there in 80. Oh, how God blessed a dear group of people there. Some five years we was privileged to be there. And some people just got a hold of some truths like this and began to seek the Lord. God placed his hand on a little small group of people that was struggling when we had the opportunity of going there. Not because of Wilbur Hurd, I know who I am, but because some people meant business with God, earnestly, persistently, expectantly began to pray. We left there as a thousand people coming on Sundays. Sunday night, they'd six, seven hundred more. They'd come back Thursday night. It was our midweek. I traveled three days a week. They'd be five, six hundred people come every Thursday night. We call it revival night. They'd come in that place. Your choir this morning, the atmosphere of this place. Oh, I thought of those days back there, the blessing in the presence of God. One Sunday evening, I was preaching a series of messages. I'm not sure what I was dealing with. I think I was in that series on prayer. I preached a message, Abraham will lead us in prayer. Jabez will lead us in prayer. Moses will lead us in prayer. We just took prayers of the Bible, and they became the one that was leading us. We studied their prayers. I looked on the catalog when they had them on a, in a catalog, tape catalog. There were 75 different messages in that series of prayer that went through those years at that uh, just those different people's prayer. And I was dealing with one aspect of that one Sunday night, talking about just believe in God. Just take God at His word. God means what He says, and if you'll meet that condition and just trust Him. There was a family came to my left over here, and he wanted to talk to me after service. There was a preacher had come to join with us. He'd been there, I guess, a year. He'd said to me when he came, I, I'm not asking to be put on the staff. God just wants me to be a part of the fellowship. He just wants me to be under your ministry here. He said, I'll be a help in any way that you need me. I don't need any income. He's, um, he has he and his brothers in the business. He said, we have adequate income, so I'm not asking for any financial help. I'll just help you any way I can. And he had been a tremendous help to me. But he came that night and he spoke to me after the service. And he said, I said to my wife, had I known and could have gotten a hold of this truth as God spoke to me tonight. If I'd have known it a year or two ago, it may have been different. He'd left in discouragement. Just left a place that was struggling that he just felt he couldn't go on with. And uh, he said, it's going to be different. I never knew about quite time, morning watch. Never knew about meeting God daily like that and getting something from him before we meet people. And uh, they talked about it on the way home, about faith, about prayer, about trusting God. Had two boys, one of them, oh, I'd guess he's probably seven or eight, dead and about five, I guess, but he's a little fella. I mean, a little bitty guy. They got home after been talking about that, having some refreshments, and that little guy said, uh, Dad, I'm going back to my room. I'm going to go back there and pray a while. <laughs> Five-year-old. 
My dad said when he said that, he's as serious as he could be. And I said to him, uh, I'm going to go to my room and I'm going to pray in a minute too. And said he, he left and momentarily here he is back the door. And he said he's just as serious as he can be. And he said when I acknowledged him there, he said, Dad, is there anything you want from God while I'm back there talking to him? <laughs> Do you wonder why Jesus would take a little child and try to teach adults? I got a sermon I preach. I call it Lessons from a Little Child. There was at least five vital lessons he wanted us to learn about little child. And one of them was a small child has a capacity to believe you. Oh, they're receptive. They don't have to run it past the jury of their mind and see if it's trustworthy. They sometimes, uh, they believe the wrong people and believe them too much and they're, they're in danger. But a little child, and he's wanting us to have that element of faith. Trust him. He didn't tell me this. His wife told me sometime later, him being a builder, he renovated that older house and over three rooms, built a beautiful place up here and built him a beautiful stairway in the middle room up to it and he called it the upper room. His wife told me some, oh, a couple of years after that, said, I, I think I'd be safe in saying, called his name when he's not gone somewhere. There's never been a morning since that day that he don't meet God. Every morning in the Word in the upper room. He introduced me to a packed house some, oh, I'd say 10 years after that. Uh, he told me when he scheduled me, he said, now, I want you to preach at 8.30 in the morning and I want you to preach again at 11. I said, really? He said, we can't get the people in one service. We have two meetings. Uh, came back Sunday night and there was probably 700 people filled up his balcony here and all this. We was having refreshments after service and I said to him, you remember that prayer that little boy prayed when he asked his dad anything you want from God? You know what his dad's response was? And he said, Brother Hurd, I said that as seriously as I've ever said it to anybody. I said to my little boy, yes, there is something I want from God. Would you ask God to use your daddy in the ministry? Some years later, I said to him, God's answering that little boy's prayer. He's using his daddy in the ministry. What do you want from God tonight? Are you willing to seek Him earnestly, persistently, and expectantly? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Jesus elsewhere said, It's according to your faith. Be it unto you. Faith has taken Him at His word. And trust Him. And see, prayer and faith, two sides of the same coin. You can gauge your faith level by your prayer level tonight. As long as you believe in God, you'll keep praying. That's why he raised the question when the Son of Man comes, shall he find faith on the earth? Leave it in its context. You're not talking about, is he going to be by saved? He's coming for this church. He's asking the question, will he find this kind of faith? You students know there's a definite article there. He's talking about the kind of faith that was in that parable. That woman that wouldn't take no for an answer. And he's saying, when the Son of Man comes back to this earth, you're going to find anybody praying like that? Persistently? Our heads are bowed. You've been an easy people to speak to. God's in this room tonight. Spirit of God's here. I'm going to be honest before you, before him over in that room this afternoon, I, I tried to spend some time repenting. I said to him, I, I'm ashamed that my heart gets so cold. I said to him, I, I want to be a, person of prayer. I need to learn about this business. 
So I wouldn't come before you and try to say something to you that I'm not asking him to say to my needy heart. Oh, if we're not careful, we learn how to do something without depending on God. We learn how to go through emotions. We become rather formal and routine. Learn a certain language to say certain things and do certain things. And somehow we miss our utter need of coming to God and waiting till God comes and does something in and through us. Now, I'm going to just, I'm going to pray and we'll have a verse of invitation hymn. The pastor will be here. You'll talk to God tonight. Don't miss God. I, that dear man I talked about tonight that I prayed with, he had an expression. I, I can hear him say it so often after I'd finished preaching, he'd come to the platform. He'd say to his people, he'd say, children, don't, don't miss God. Oh, don't miss God tonight. God's saying something to you. You'll be the loser if you miss him. Don't miss God. God's saying something to you tonight. Is someone you're thinking of tonight, you'd like to see God come in their life and make a difference? My dear wife called last night. I'd called her and give her the number. She called back late, later and God had answered a prayer we'd been praying. The life of someone dear to us. God had obviously done something and we just rejoiced. Pardon me for being so personal, but God is so good. <clears throat> Someone you're thinking of tonight that you, they need you to be an intercessor. God wants you to be the go-between between them and him. I'm going to pray and we'll stand. There's something about coming forward. I know you can do business there in your pew, but there's something about coming forward that just sort of seals the commitment, just makes it more real. So you may want to just come and there's some here talking to God now and just around the front somewhere, just talk to him, our Father. I pray you'd seal this truth to us. May it fall into good ground tonight. Don't let the enemy snatch it away. Cause it to fall in receptive hearts. It'll bring a harvest later. Forgive us of our prayerlessness, our coldness. We didn't intend, Lord, before we realized it, we'd We'd become distant and we'd become prayerless. I pray this week will be a, a time of you bringing us back to where we can, we can have such a meeting where you indeed it'll make a difference in us and through us to others. Seal this to our hearts. Make it easy for us to obey you tonight. We pray that in Jesus' worthy name. Amen. Stand with us, please. As we stand together, folks are here talking to God. Do you want to join us? I'm going to kneel here and talk to God. Just come on. There's plenty of room. We'll make room. While we wait, you come.